Often during the week, I look for a good story for Sunday morning. But today, the story is right in front of us and is kind of obvious. We as Americans are living out a new chapter in our history, and that chapter has begun. I want to say that I do not assume that all you use or all people gathered here this morning vote the same way. I don't know what everyone votes. But I do know that during this week, many people in our congregation and outside of our congregation have really expressed to me a sense of grief and disappointment. So I know that those people are here today, and there may be people of all kinds of persuasion. So uh, you may not be in grief. And if that's so, I just let you know coffee hour is coming up quickly. <laughs> we held a vigil here on Wednesday night simply because we could feel the sense that so many people were in grief and we wanted to provide a place to come and express that. And we had somewhere around 65 or 70 people show up on about eight hours notice. And I'm sorry if we couldn't get in touch with everyone through the means that we had available, but it was clear. And I know that people are happy in our country and you know, that's, that's great that they feel that happiness, but I, I just know that there's grief in many people. So, I want to say something about that today. Part of what made this experience, I think, even more intense is that no one really predicted this outcome, and so it really was a shocking experience for many people. And, you know, the pollsters were totally wrong. They did not get it right. And so, I was just thinking all the time I spent listening to those folks. <laughs> I'm gonna have to reallocate my time they don't know what's happening. And they were all scratching their heads. That is one of the multitude of unanswered questions. How did all those smart people, very smart people, get it wrong? So I will not look at them the same way again. Another of the strange, and I think one of many surrealistic qualities of this election time was that for the second time in recent years, the person who got the most votes is not going to win the election. I find that extraordinarily strange. And I don't believe that could be very easily changed, but it, it, it just strikes me as a, not just injustice, but just weird. We have this concept in our country called the popular vote. Whereas in almost every other context of our life, that is called the vote. <laughs> so I know that one of the things that's going on is that many people in our community and in our country are living in greater fear today than they did last week. I know that many Muslims are fearful in our country now. 
more than before. And they wonder if they'll be required to register, everyone go and register with local uh, police department or FBI for no other reason than just being Muslim? Is that one of the things that may happen? Will some of them or their friends or family be deported? Will it not be allowed any longer for their family to come and visit them from other countries? Will they be harassed more than before at work or school or in the streets? So I know that those questions are hanging on our Muslim friends. And they're wondering how they're going to live through this. I know that many Latinos and Latinas in our community and in our country are living in greater fear this week than they were last week. There are kids who are U.S. citizens who are worried that their parents may be deported. A friend of mine, a Latina friend of mine, shared with me that all Latinos are worried about the way they may be treated in the coming days. Worried about their family and friends and neighbors. Worried if really 11 million people are going to be deported and how would that be carried? What kind of a force would carry that out? What would that look like? How would that play out? Can we even imagine that? I know that many LGBTQ people are more worried this week than they were last week. Will harassment increase? Will some rights be taken away? Will we move backward into a more repressive and oppressive society? These are the questions that are hanging in the air for many people. I know that many African Americans are more worried this week than they were last week. Will the racially biased policy of stop and frisk become the common practice everywhere? Will more laws be passed to make it more difficult for African Americans to vote? Will criminal justice reform be put back on the shelf in the back room just as it was gaining some traction in our society? So we don't know. We know that all of these things are connected to statements that were made during the campaign. We know that. I know today that many women are more worried this week than last week. Worried not just that they may not be treated equally, but that they may not be safe. Will gross rudeness and sexual assault be viewed as normal behavior? Will women's health and reproductive rights be eroded even further by the new administration? We don't know, but we know that these worries are connected to statements that are made. They're statements that cause each one of these worries. So they're not just made up. And for that matter, what about the millions of people who got health care under the program named after a dignified and compassionate man who will soon be an ex-president. 
All of these folks are in danger of being kicked back out of the healthcare world again. And I'll bet they're worried. Millions, millions of them. And what of all who love the earth and know that earth's balance has been radically altered by human behavior? These folks are worried. Many of us, positive action on climate change is going to be brutally interrupted by the administration, at least that's what they've told us, an administration that for the most part doesn't admit that this problem exists. At a time when action is important, crucial years will be lost in this, at least a number of years probably. And so people who care about the earth are more worried this week than they were last week. How about white males? Some of my best friends are white males. (laughs) I feel a bond with white males. (laughs) There are some very good people in this demographic, I just want you to know. Are we going to be the villains now? Undoubtedly, that might be somewhat deserved in various ways. Are we going to be the mean, insensitive, dictatorial, oppressive guys? I am worried about that. And to many of us, it seems like war is more likely this week than it was last week. The cause of peace, I think, has a higher mountain to climb now. So there's much to be concerned about. And of course, not everyone views these issues in the same way. We are a deeply divided society. We are living in tough times and they are about to get tougher. So where are we going to go? Where are we going to find the reasons to hope? Thank goodness we live in a creative and unpredictable world, and the universe's creativity is going to unfold in ways that we cannot foresee at this moment. We don't know how this is going to play out. There are going to be struggles ahead whose outcomes we do not know. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. And that is a wonderful thing. That is a great sign for hope. We do not know if the new president will carry out the things he has claimed he would do. We don't know that. His most striking quality is not consistency. (laughs) And so it may be that he won't do all the stuff he said he was going to do. Because in general, he doesn't always do that. That is hopeful. 
Maybe he will turn out to be a Democrat, as he appeared to be some years ago. Maybe he will go back to being pro-choice, as he was some years ago. Maybe the weight and gravitas of the office he is going to enter will cause him to change. And perhaps he will see things in a different way. We don't know. I read the other day that reportedly he wants to spend a trillion dollars on infrastructure, a creative move that his party has been blocking for the last eight years. Maybe something different and unexpected will happen in various ways, and we don't know that yet. This is a drama whose script has not yet been written. And we will all have our own parts to play. And no one can tell us what words we have to say or what actions we have to take. This is an enormous planetary improvisation. It's huge. <laughs> It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> we are not just bystanders, my friends. We are in the show. Our parts may seem small, we may seem just like extras, but our roles will change in creative ways that are not yet known. And we need to get ready for those roles. This is not the World Series, but to use a phrase created by Ring Lardner, this is the World Serious. This is serious. This is for our friends, our families, our communities, for the earth. So I'm going to offer a couple of ideas how we can get ready for these roles of ours. One of the most important things we need to do is to take care of ourselves. Especially those who feel very disappointed and shocked. We need to do those things that increase our sense of well-being. So whatever those things are for you, it may be that some of us need to walk in the woods, maybe we need to meditate or swim, or garden, whatever it is that makes us feel more whole and more complete. We need to do those things. And when we're in grief, we often put those things off to the side. So it's important to bring those practices into the center of our life. And if you're a person who needs to get your running in, or your walking in, or your meditation in, then this is the time not to let that slide. But do those practices which make you feel more healthy and more centered. Maybe counseling might be part of that strategy. Make, maybe making a lifestyle change or forgiving someone that we're angry with. We need to do these things that heal us and not put them off. 
We need to put them in places of priority. Now, part of being healthy and being ready is connecting in community. So even more than before, we need to be interwoven with each other. And we need to be interwoven throughout our community. This church is one of the places where we can do that. Because this church offers opportunities for interconnecting with others and making new friends and feeling like we're not isolated but that we're together. And so I encourage you strongly to take opportunities that are in this church and if you want to know some of what they are, just come and ask me. This church is going to be a refuge and a place of connection in these coming years. That is part of what we're going to do. I know it already is those things, but the need is going to increase because we're all going to need that sense of connection. When we put a notice out for a vigil at 11 o'clock in the morning, by 7 o'clock there were 65 or 70 people here. and They wanted to be together with others. So that's part of what we're going to do. Now, we need to be ready to raise our voices in certain ways. Not to be involved in partisan politics. That's not our role. But to be involved in the struggle for human rights and civil rights and in the struggle for equal justice. We need to be involved in the struggle for our Latino and Latina hermanos y hermanas, the struggle for the rights of our Muslim friends and neighbors, in the struggle for the rights of our African-American brothers and sisters, our LGBTQ fellow citizens and friends, and for all those who may feel threatened about their rights. We have to stand for full human and civil rights. We cannot let that go. It doesn't matter who is in any of these offices. We have to stand up for peace if we want peace in the world. The use of nuclear weapons has been talked about almost like never before in our time. And so, if we want peace, we'll have to make a voice about that. Old allies are being questioned. New military excursions seem quite possible, if not likely. If we want peace on earth, we will have to speak that truth so that all can hear. And if we love the earth, we're going to have to work for the health of earth's ecosystems and particularly in the field of climate change because that is going to be under an increased threat than it was last week. So we're going to have to do that. It's hard to imagine exactly what the effect of our new uh, regime will be on climate change, but there's, there is a danger and, and people are saying that our government would essentially drop out 
of the planetary effort to address this issue. Just We'll just maybe drop out. So I don't know that that will happen. I see the future is open and unknown. But I think if we care about that, we will need to say that. And say it with others. Be connected with others. It won't just be the Universalist Unitarian Church of Peoria. It'll be a whole lot of people. I want to say that I agree with President Obama that Mr. Trump deserves a chance. I want to take a stand and agree with that. He has been elected, and he may do things that are unexpectedly good. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be the greatest publicity stunt of all? <laughs> and we know he likes that kind of stuff. He may do some things totally unexpected that are good. That would be so cool. Maybe he will fool us all and turn out to be a great statesman. But whatever the new administration does, our path needs to be the same. We still have to be focused on healing, on justice, on compassion, on freedom and equality, on living in peace and sustainable ways of existence on this beautiful planet. We have to stay on that path. So to do this in tough times, we must take care of ourselves, we must eat well and rest. We must exercise and meditate. We need to sing and laugh and sometimes cry together. We must become even better friends and neighbors. We must love our neighbors and we must expand our circle of who we think our neighbors are. That's actually the point of that great story, by the way, is that we all need to expand our understanding of who our neighbors are. We need to be connected in ever wider circles, including Latinos, Latinas, Muslims, atheists, evangelicals, transgender folks, white males, and even Republicans. Can I get an amen on that one? I was a kind of weak one, but it's there. <laughs> we are going to have to see where we have common cause with everyone. Everyone on the planet has common cause. And we need to try to lift that up in whatever creative ways we can find to do that. That's going to be, that's going to be our role. We need to become even more inclusive, more loving, more creative, and more purposeful as we do this. This is a time for us to recommit to our ideals and take them seriously, wherever they may lead. If we do these things, then I think we are going to find that 
the world is still beautiful. I had a really striking experience the other day after the election. I confess, in case you don't know it yet, that I was disappointed. And I saw the leaves falling off the trees. And all of a sudden, I just had an increased awareness of how beautiful that is. So I was able to see, in a way, in grief, how beautiful the world is. And how true that still is, that we're surrounded by beauty, we're surrounded by wonderful people, we're surrounded by a creative process that is way beyond any of our understanding. So we're going to experience life as beautiful, that nature is a constant source of inspiration, and that our friends and our family are more precious than ever. We're going to make alliances we never thought possible, I think. And we're going to appreciate the creativity and unpredictability of life more than we ever did, because the script isn't written. We're going to be challenged, but we're going to discover resources that we didn't know we had. And we're going to do things that we never really predicted or foresaw. So, let us not be discouraged. Let us take this as a time of renewal in common cause and spirit. Because this is not the end of the story. We are somewhere in the middle chapters. And we don't know what those chapters look like. And they remain to be written. And we are some of the authors of those chapters to come. There are twists and turns ahead and an ending that no one can see at this moment. We are the authors, the players, the critics, and the audience. So let us bring our best selves to these new roles. Bring our very best self, each one of us. Let us be dedicated to move on with justice and high hopes and trust in each other. As Rumi says, this is no caravan of despair. We are still in the game. And in Martin Luther King's words, we will hew out of this mountain of despair a stone of hope. So may it be for us.